Amen. I just want to uh, quickly share with you something that um, God has spoken to me. Um, the word of God says that in the last days, the young men will see vision and the old men will dream dreams. So God gave me a dream, but I only get dreams occasionally from the Lord. So that means I'm not an old man yet. All right. <laughs> All right, so the, the, the Lord spoke to me in a dream on the 25th of May this year. And I, um, last night when I prayed, God just showed me something. And I, I just want to share with you. And I believe the word of God says in, in the book of Amos in chapter 3 and verse 7. He says, God will do nothing unless he first reveals it unto his children or his servants, the prophets. And, and I believe that that God has spoken to me very, very audibly about what is going to happen in the church world. And um, you must hear it. And I know that for some, this word or this dream might just pass you by and you might forget about it because sometimes we shouldn't share our dreams with everybody because people don't accept everything. But I believe that God wants to tell his people something today. All right. So I just want you to hear it. And, and then last night when I prayed, God gave me a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes in, in chapter 12 and verse 13. And he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And this is exactly what God wants to tell us to do is to fear him. I believe today, and hear me out, I believe today that the church must come back to repentance. The church has grown cold. The church has moved away from God. Joining church, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. You can come to church, you can, you can, you can stay in your garage for a month and you won't become a car. All right? So being in church doesn't make you a Christian. All right? Um, somebody told, told my daughter the other day, um, she said that your dad is really a godly man. And immediately the flesh says, this is great. But you know, when I go into my inner room, when I'm alone with God, that is who I am. That is who I am. Not before people, because before people we can put on a show, we can put up a facade, we can put up a mask. But when we alone with God, that is what matters. And I believe the church has grown, grown blasé about the things of God. It's just, oh, I'll go to church when I feel like it. And we look for excuses not to attend church. But that doesn't make you a Christian. Your lifestyle should do it. I said to the Lord last night, I went on my knees and I said to the Lord, forgive me. I believe that the whole church must repent. I believe that we should go on our knees and say, Lord, forgive me for being this mediocre Christian that I am. And I'm, I'm speaking from myself right down. We need to repent before God and say, Lord, are we who you have called us to be? Or are we just here because we think we're going to have a feel-good message and we can go home again? That's not what it's all about. Now my dream I had on the 25th of of May, and I want you to just listen to this and, and, and see if you can grasp the, the spiritual sense out of this. I dreamt I was standing outside and it was raining. 
And out of the sky, I saw four strings, four ropes coming from the sky onto the ground. But one of the four ropes was longer than the others. And immediately, I didn't sense it to be ropes. I sensed it to be pillars. And I asked the Lord, why is the one pillar longer than the others? And he says, because that is ministry. Now I want you to listen carefully. We're going to see this churches that play church. We're going to see people that's committed to the Word of God. That's what we're going to see. So ministry is going to be the most important aspect of the church world as from now on. And then the second, the second pillar that I saw was healing. Because God has come to bring healing to His people. Then the third pillar that I saw was financial prosperity. Because I believe that even in a position of recession, God will bless His children. Because God says that his, the money and the wealth of the world is stored up for His people. So, if you don't believe in prosperity, you will not enjoy heaven. Because there's going to be prosperity there. I mean, we will walk on streets of gold. We will see the beauty and the splendor of God. And the fourth thing that... God spoke to me is um, prophecy. I believe that the word, the world, the church world will be guided by prophecy from here on until Jesus returns. So I think that is the four pillars. And when I saw this, I had to take these four strings and I had to get onto a ladder and I lift it up so that not everybody could see it. And I there was a gentleman with me, but I didn't know him. I didn't know him at all. And all he asked me is, are you okay? And I thought about the audacity that he didn't even want to help me to get this strings back in the air so that people can't see it. And immediately, it came into my spirit that when he didn't want to help me, it immediately came into my spirit that those that don't want to help and assist is more than likely not assigned. Meaning that not everybody that comes to church means that they're assigned. You know, it's, it's not a matter of attending church. It's a matter of doing something for the kingdom of God. And that's going to change this whole world. And I believe that today is a day that we as a church must repent before God and say, Lord, we have grown too accustomed. We, we've grown complacent. And complacency is sin. Petty sins will take you to hell. There's no more time to play church. There's no more time to play Christian. Either you are hot or you are cold. Either you serve God or you don't. Don't tell me that I serve the Lord but I do the things of the world. If you are doing things out of this church, if you do things out of this church that you won't do in this church, 
you are on dangerous ground. And I want to warn you today, this morning, I want to warn you as a prophet of God that you have to make sure about your relationship with the Lord. I urge of you this morning, we cannot tolerate sin in our lives any longer. God's word says he's coming back for a church that's holy. And he says without holiness, no man will see God. So if you still walk with one foot in a world and one foot in a church, you are on dangerous ground. You might have a rude awakening. And you know what? As I spoke about my dream, God says that flesh cannot attain it. The flesh cannot attain it. If you're not going to walk in the spirit, you're going to miss out. And to walk in the spirit is not to to do the things of the world and come to church on Sunday and think you're okay. I believe this morning, and I start from myself, and I, I do this on a daily basis, and I say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for, you know, a lot of times, um, me and Dylan, we, we drove um, to, to, to the shopping mall the other day. And, and he said, Dad, uh, Grandpa, he says, everybody knows you. I says, yes, because I treat everybody alike. The car guard is just important to me as the guy in the shop, as the next person. Nobody, nobody is better than the other. But yet... Even saying that, I still believe when I go to bed at night or when I go into my inner room and I pray, when I'm alone with God, He knows what is in me. I can fool a lot of people, but I cannot fool God. So He knows what is in me. And I believe this morning, if just for a few minutes, I just want you to just take stock. Just do that introspection and say, Lord, where do I stand with you today? Am I really a Christian as you want me to be? Or am I just here because I want to soothe my feelings? I want to, I want to just satisfy my own agendas? Or am I really where you want me to be? And if you're not where you want to be, I want you to ask the Lord this morning to forgive you. To help you to, to just move into that dimension where he wants you to be. Alright, can we do that? Can we just repent this morning? And, and don't mind about your wife or your husband or anybody. They don't know what you're talking about. If you just want to be free, you just want God to bless you, God to touch you, God to change you. That's what I want. I want God to change me. Every day, the, the closer I have a walk with God, the more I want to change. Really, the more I want to change, the more I want to become like Him. David says when they built the, the, the temple, he says, God... What have we done? We haven't given anything. Because everything we have done, we've received from you. So all we did is we gave back to you what you gave to us. So what are we doing? Are we doing more than what we're supposed to? Or are we just giving back to God what he has given us? Today is a day that we have to just decide where am I going to be from this day on? Am I going to be part of the world system or am I going to be a different person? Am I going to be the person that God wants me to be. And you see it, you'll hear it, and you'll remember that I say to you today, the church as you've seen it before, is going to cease to exist. God will only bless those that seek his heart. That seek his heart. Through this recession, 
and I know and I feel sorry for people that has felt the hardships of this recession. But through this all, through this coronavirus, not one day in my life had I worried, was I troubled in my heart, because God has blessed me. He has blessed me over in abundance. There was so much blessings that came my way, I actually felt guilty. I said, Lord, I didn't deserve this. And I still don't deserve it. It's just because of His love. But I want us just to repent to this, this morning and say, Lord, touch us. Will we, can we do that? Can we stand to our feet and just call upon His name and say, Lord, we as a people repent this morning. We repent, Lord. We repent for the things we have done wrong, the things that we've tried to, to hide and, and, and sweep under the carpet. But this morning we know that we stand open before you. And we just want to repent. We want to just give our lives to you and we want to say, Lord, change our hearts, change our mindsets. Help us, Lord, to understand the greatness and the goodness of God. And help us, Lord, to walk according to your ways, that we walk circumspectly according to your plan and your purpose for our lives, that we will not allow and tolerate sin in our lives any longer, Lord. And if there's any sin, whether it's petty sin, Lord, any form of sin, we want to get rid of that right now in the name of Jesus. We want to stand before you, a pure and a holy people. We want to say, Lord, we can depend upon the love of Jesus, but we have to walk according to your ways and your, the, the, the word that you've given into our hearts. This morning, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just touch every person's heart, that you will just minister to each individual, Lord, that everyone knows, Lord, where they stand with you this morning. We don't want to be a lukewarm church, Lord. We want to be a fire, a firefighting church, Lord, a church that's on fire for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will not hide. We will not stand back, Lord. We will not tolerate. We will stand according to your word, Lord, and we will renounce all forms of sin. Every attack of the enemy, Lord, we will stand against, and we will call those things that be not as though they are. This morning, Lord, we call upon your name, and we thank you that you touch our hearts, that you change our mindsets, and that you have, you'll bring us, Lord, back to the altars, back to the word of God, that we will repent according to your word and your plan, Lord. So many times, we have heard that there's a shaking coming, Lord, and that you are looking for a pure people. But we want to be that pure people, Lord. We want to be that people that will stand in a gap and that we will stand according to your word in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, that you touch every heart in this place this morning. Every lukewarm Christian, every person, Lord, that hasn't had an encounter with you for, for months on end. I just pray that you will be a God that's close to them and that you will just touch them, that you will just heal the broken, broken hearts, the wounds, Lord, that you heal it and that you'll bring them into that place of authority, a place of a victory, a place of, 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 of unity, Lord, and that they will know you as you know them. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Spirit of God said to me that the church is asleep. I've never seen lukewarmness in the body of Christ like I've seen today. Um, and I, and uh, I really do believe that is the, just before my dad I said to Alina, I said to her that the way that we know church, we will no longer see. Everything has been shifted. And it's a good shifting, it's a good shifting. 
It's a reason all those things are happening because Jesus Christ is coming back for a pure church. And um, I think it was two days ago, somebody asked me about the coming of the Lord. What do I believe? And I said, we're going to see the Lord coming in all of His glory and power sooner than what the world thinks. Um, I'm no longer looking for the signs of times. I'm listening for the sound of the trumpet. Let me say that again. I'm no longer looking for the signs of times. I'm listening for the sound of the trumpet because it's going to happen like this. And um, really, when my dad spoke, it's like God was speaking this morning. You know, it's, it must pierce through your, through your spirit, man, into your heart. And if this word doesn't change you, nothing will. Then I feel sorry for you. All right, so this morning I want to I preach on something or teach on something. I'm going to get a couple of verses. Um, what I wanted to preach on, what I said last week, I'm not going to preach on today. The Lord changed it, and He's the boss, and we're just following. But I want you to understand that this morning that the Word of the Lord will have effect forever. It's one thing that never changes. It's the Word of God. Please say with me, the Word of God never changes. And this is why I have to hit this thing head on today, this morning. Every single cycle is about to be broken. Every familiar spirit that has bound you, every, every spirit that is focused on your bloodline is being exposed and rebuked this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, I need at least a couple of witnesses in this place that says every single demonic power of fear is going to loosen my life in the name of Jesus. Come on, every form of anxiety is being broken today by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, every demonic force that thinks it's got me, its power is being broken by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. I'm telling that devil of cancer to pack its bags today and go in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Every form of fear is going. Better hear me right now. You better shut those doors because every single thing in this place today is going to get a shaking in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Fear is a liar. Let me say this one more time. Fear is a liar and fear is a demon spirit. You know about this COVID-19 rubbish. Let me just say this as it is. You know, people have this fear. They ask us the question, you know, you, you put people in danger by having church. Stay at your house. Because first of all, any Christian that says you put people in danger does not believe the Bible. And we are a Bible-believing church. I say we are a Bible-believing church. So this COVID-19, they reckon that you will have the sickness and not even know it that you have it. So why worry? It's like telling you you've got a stomach bug, but you don't know it. Oh, come on, don't, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. You know what it's all about? It's a devil behind it that's bringing in fear. You know the mask? Let me just quickly tell you this free of charge. No mask, no purchases. The next thing they're going to tell you, no mark, no purchases. Oh, it's quiet in this place. The mask is just a quick sign to see how many people will take the mark of the beast. It's coming, people, and there's no way that we can stop it. It's coming. But I thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that is stronger than every fear, every bondage. Come on, every devil of hell. The blood of Jesus still carries power. Come on, I, I want to say this one more time. 
It is the year 2020. And the blood of Jesus is still the same. It's still the same. It never changes. It never changes. Vessel, what about the virus? What about the blood of Jesus? What about the Word of God? I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. I declare COVID-19, go back to hell in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you have to wear the mask for protection. I am covered under the blood of the Lamb. Those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm abiding. I said, I'm abiding. No weapon formed against me. No flu, no virus formed against you shall prosper. Come on, somebody. We are in this world, but not of this world. You know, fear is a liar. Fear, this is how the devil operates. He never comes alone. When fear comes, a lying spirit is accompanied. So fear lies to you. Fear tells you how bad it's going to get. But the word of God tells me how good it's going to get. They ask me the question, don't you worry about what's going to happen to you and to, to you in South Africa and to the world? No, because the Bible says, I know what I have planned for you, declares the Lord. Plans to do what? Prosper me. To give me a hope and a future. This means that when the world is suffering, I'm moving forward, never backwards. Why? Because I am the head and not the tail. They ask me, so what are you going to do when the one world order comes? I said, I'm not going to do anything because I'm not going to be here. I'll be in glory. Hallelujah. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I don't care. This world has got nothing on us. Come on, somebody better tell your neighbor that fear is leaving you right now. Come on, you, be, you have to be angry at the devil today and say, you have kept me awake at night. You've made me tossed and turn. By the way, if you have a sleepless night, it's illegal because the Bible says God gives his beloved sleep. Oh my goodness. Do you know why? The devil don't sleep because he's restless. He knows his time is short. He knows, my goodness, I have to do something right now. But you have to do something too. You better enter into the peace of God and sleep. Let no devil wake you up. Let no devil tell you, what about the future? What about, you better ask, what about the future? I know what my future holds. And I know what your future holds, devil. Hallelujah. Let me say this again in the name of Jesus. Under the authority of the Holy Spirit, fear is going today. Anxiety is being broken today in Jesus' name. Every familiar spirit that is attacking your family, no longer. It's, and somebody, somebody shout, it stops with me today. I want you to jump to your feet and say, it stops with me today. Hallelujah. Your DNA does not carry cancer. Better watch me. Look at me right now. There's more God in you than cancer in you. There's more God in you than corona in you. There's more of God in you than flu in you. 
There's more of God. His residues on the inside of me. I'm a temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm not, a, I'm not a post office of the devil. I'm not a bearer of bad news and sad news. I'm a bearer of good news. Hallelujah. Jesus defeated every enemy, every demon spirit when he hung on the cross. Come on, the Bible says he has disarmed principalities and powers. Making, making a public spectacle of him. In other words, when Jesus hung on the cross and he cried out, it is finished. What did he do? He made a spectacle out of the devil. And do you know what? He whipped him in public. He didn't get this. Jesus didn't whip him behind the bush. Jesus whipped the devil in public. Made a public spectacle of him. Triumphing over him. Jesus says, I give you the power to trample on scorpions and on serpents. And nothing... Nothing, no thing will ever harm you. When he says, I give you the power to trample on scorpions and serpents, he says, I'm giving you power to trample on demons and strong men. And nothing. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why does he say you will trample on scorpions and serpents? Because God made a vow in the Garden of Eden. That the seed of the woman will bruise or crush the serpent's head. Now Jesus says, as you see me do, you do also. You trample on them and nothing shall by any means. Come on, I'm speaking to the born again believers. No power of hell has more power than the blood of Christ Jesus. And by the way, whomever the son of man sees free is free indeed is free indeed is free indeed I said it's free indeed but bottom line is do we believe the word of God or don't we we would be a fool if we believe anything else I would rather be a fool of the gospel than a fool for this world I believe what the word of God says and that settles it come on somebody shout hallelujah I'm just starting. I'm, I'm just getting there right now. I said, I'm just getting there right now. Every form of power that the devil thought he had is over. Jesus whipped him publicly. Why are you still fearing, still doubting, still worrying about your family bloodline? I have a new bloodline. Come on, I said, you have a new bloodline. Yes, Holy Spirit. Look at me and looks me straight into the eye. You will not die young. You will have a long life. God will satisfy you with a long life. High five your neighbor, not elbow pump. High five your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm in covenant with God. Why is this man preaching so hard? Do you know what? The anointing hit me before I got even here. This is the anointing of God flowing, setting people free. I'm declaring a new standard of living today in Jesus' name. I said, I'm declaring a new standard of living today. No more fear and bondage and anxiety. The power of the Holy Ghost is setting you free. 
Now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is where the devil stops. You know there's something about the truth. When you hear the truth, the truth sets you free. Some people just need to hear the truth of the gospel. And when you hear the truth of the gospel, it just does something in your spirit, man. Now I want to tell you today that we understand that Jesus gave us the authority and the power of all demonic forces. But I want you to open the Bible with me to the book of Ephesians. In, uh, we're going to start with, I want to start with Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Let me get mine. I think the screen is, is bombed out. All right. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. This is a very familiar portion of Scripture. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. What does the Bible teach us, people of God? It says that our wrestle, it means there's a fight. Every single day there's a spiritual fight over your life. There's a spiritual fight over your prayer life. The devil don't want you to pray. The devil is afraid of a praying church. The devil is afraid of a worshiping church. So the enemy is fighting here. He's fight Listen, I think that one of the biggest things that the enemy is doing in this final hour is fighting families. Fighting marriages. Fighting marriages. Why? Because the Bible says, there's a following scripture that says such so nice. It says the hearts of the, of the children will be turned back to the, to the father. And the father vice versa. But the enemy is fighting that. So there's no unity in family. But the, so the Bible says our fight is not against each other. We're not fighting or wrestling one another. We are fighting principalities and powers of darkness. In heavenly places. Now if you think about this. That Daniel prayed for 21 days. And his prayer was unanswered. The most powerful thing is when the angel appeared to Daniel. He said to him from the first day that you prayed. God heard you. In other words there's no such thing as I'm praying against the platform. I'm praying against the ceiling. When I start to open up my mouth. He hears me. But the angel said to him. Because of a fight in the heavenlies. In other words, when you start to pray, there's a fight, a war going on in the heavenlies. So the angels of the devil, and I'll, I'm going to get there now. Satan's angels are fighting your prayer. The Bible says it was only when the archangel Michael helped fight the war in the heavenlies that the angel could break through to bring the answer. A lot of you need an answer. You haven't received an answer because there's a spiritual fight over your life. But one of the weapons, and this is what the Bible says, our weapons are not carnal. It's powerful and mighty in God. For what? For the pulling down of strongholds. So one of the weapons that we've received is prayer. Number two, the Holy Spirit. When you pray and pray and pray, this is why Paul says, pray in the Spirit in all occasions. So when your prayer is unanswered, what do you need to do? You start to pray in the Spirit. 
Why now? There's a pulling down of strongholds. Every stronghold that is trying to stop your prayer life is no longer there. Is somebody listening to me? So it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, you have to understand one thing. And I'm going to get there now. But hear me. Jesus said the following. The, the disciples who remembered when the, the, when the 70 that was sent out came back to the Lord, they said, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. So what did they say? Lord, even demons listens to us when we use the name of Jesus. Do you know what Jesus said? He said something so profound. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Why did he say that? Because there was a time between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 where Satan was thrown out of heaven. Or I'm not going to get into too much detail on that. You can listen to demonology on Podbean. You'll understand everything. I'm teaching on that. Long story short, so Jesus saw Satan fall as lightning. Every single time you cast out a demon, every single time you rebuke that devil, it's like Jesus seeing Satan fall like lightning one more time. So why did, why did Jesus, I saw, him, I saw him fall like lightning. It means that all authority has been given to you. He doesn't have the access. I threw him out. You're afraid of a devil that doesn't even have the keys to his own house. By the way, if you understand the portion of scripture, you know, there's a lot of doctrines about this and it's crazy doctrines, by the way. You have to read the word to understand these things. When the Bible speaks about the king of Tyre, he's speaking about Lucifer before his fallen state. Lucifer was an archangel. Look at me. Lucifer was an archangel. The Bible says he was a cherub. A covering angel. A cherub is one, by the way, that's in the throne, the presence of God the whole day. The Bible says he was, his job was walking back and forth before the throne of God. He was the only angel created with music instruments on the inside of him. Think about there's an organ is on the inside of him. Why is that? Because Lucifer was the one... The Bible speaks about him as an anointed cherub. So he was an anointed angel. Think about this. The Bible doesn't speak about angels that's anointed. But this angel is an anointed angel. Number two, he's leading praise and worship in heaven. And yet, when you, and yet if you understand this, he was so beautiful that the Bible says that pride came into his heart. And pride comes before the fall, by the way. The Bible says that he was the king of the world or the prince of the earth. Is somebody listening to me? He had a third of God's angels under his rule. The Bible says he has weakened nations. Now, if you think about this, he rebelled against God. He took a third of God's angels and rebelled against God. In other words, he said to himself that I'm going to sit on a throne higher than God Almighty. Let me just say something else. The devil is stupid. He doesn't, his IQ is not high. How do you try to dethrone someone who created you? Anybody who creates you is stronger than you. You were created by a creator. How can you who are created try to dethrone a creator? It's impossible. But he thought that God is just going to say, okay, yes, take my throne. And it wasn't even a fight. Please, Michael, just take care of him. 
Not even the Lord didn't even move a finger. His angels, Michael, threw him out of heaven. Now, somebody better hear me. Think about how powerful this Lord is. So, Satan had music instruments built in him, created in him. Satan was supposed, he was the one who created music. He led worship in heaven. He was the praise and worship leader in heaven until iniquity was found in him. Do you know what happens every single time we praise and worship? We are supposed to tell the devil, this was supposed to be you. I'm going to say it as it is. This is why in most churches you will find your problem in the praise and worship team. Because the devil attacked them first. You don't get this. He's not attacking the preacher first. He's attacking them first. Because that was what he was supposed to do. This is why when we lead praise and worship, the Bible speaks about the Lord at once, true worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. On that subject, let me just say this. The other night, about two nights ago, I went into my prayer room to go and pray as I usually do. And I, I switched off one of the lights and I stood in front of another light, switched that light off. And as I switched the light off, I said, Father, so because I'm going to stand now. I want to stand and walk up and down and pray. So I said, Father, as I said, Father, the presence of God came to that room, knocked me off my feet. I fell on my face and I sobbed. But listen, I wept. I wept and I couldn't stop crying. And as I was crying, I, I, I cried out, make me a true worshiper that will worship in spirit and in truth. I thought to myself, why am, why am I crying this out? Because then I knew the Holy Spirit is crying this out through me. Make me a worshiper. I don't want to worship God like this. I don't want to worship Him like this. I want to lift up holy hands and worship Him from my innermost being. Satan was supposed to do this. He does not have the privilege no more to worship God. We have. I said we have. God gave us that dominion and authority to worship Him every day. I'm not waiting until I get to church to worship Him. I make any place a place of worship. When I'm in my garden, I worship. When I'm in the shower, I worship. Come on, when I'm walking in my house, I worship. I want you to do me a favor. Cry out, make me a true worshiper, Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. So I've seen that the Bible says, you know, in the book of Ephesians, he says, do not give place to the devil. <coughs> Excuse me. You all know that the Bible says that faith as a mustard seed can move mountains. Doubt as a mustard seed can stop the miracle. But an opening as small as a mustard seed to the devil will take over your life. Please hear me. The only thing that the devil needs is seed. He just needs a seed in your heart to corrupt you. He just need, this is why Paul says, Paul makes make sure that he says this to his listeners. Do not give the devil any right. Amen. People don't understand this. Demons observes you. Now let me say this again that you understand this. Satan cannot read your mind. He's not a creator. He can't read your mind. By the way, it's only God who's everywhere at once. Amen. Satan can't be everywhere at once. You don't get this. This is why the devil can't read your mind. What he does is he sends his demons to observe you. There's a couple of ways how demons are coming in, are entering in. 
and I'm going to teach this. But first, let's go to another scripture quickly. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Let's go to this, and I want you to study this with me. Paul says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. This is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Have no fellowship with unfruitful work of darkness, but rather expose them. Can I read it again so everybody understand that? Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Paul is saying the following. He says, don't have anything to do with sin and with anything of the darkness, but rather expose the works of darkness. This is why if you have a friend circle with worldly people and you do not change, you have to ask yourself whether you are saved. Because saved people are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And if you don't change them, they're going to change you. So he says, have no fellowship with unfruitful work of darkness. But they said, how do I change them? If your lifestyle, if the very presence that you carry not changing them, nothing, your words won't change them. Let me say that one more time. If your presence doesn't change them, your words will have no effect. Hallelujah. There's something more powerful about the presence than words. But rather expose them. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 and 5. And this is a, a very important one. It says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Just pause there. Fornication, uncleanness, covetousness must not even be named among you. A lot of Christians think because they are part of righteousness that they can do whatever they want. Righteousness means right standing. Right standing with God. God is not covetous. God is not a fornicator. God is not an adulterer. Come on, God is not unclean. Pause there, hear me right now. Under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Never in your life say that God is happy with your sin. God is not happy with sin. Finish and clear. God hates sin. I said, God hates sin. God hated so much that he had to send Jesus Christ to take sin upon him. So Paul says, these things must not even be named among you. This must not even be named among the church world. Didn't get this one. You know, as I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm pushing buttons. All right, but it's facts. You know how many times... The preacher is walking away with the oralist. It should not be named among you. (laughs) Or deacon so-and-so is in love with so-and-so. And and -and so-and-so is not his wife. Now I'm going to hit it nail on the head. God will not show you somebody else's husband or wife. It's not God. It's not God. I know. I know. But I'm not happy with my husband. Shane, you married him. You better get happy with your husband. Because the day is coming that you will have to give accountability before a loving God. I'm not your friend right now. I'm a man of God, a preacher of the word. You take it or you leave it. Let's go on to the the next one. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking. I want you to stop there. Do you know the Bible speaks about this? That we shouldn't sit around the table and make filthy jokes. 
a lot of people, especially in the times we're living in, the first joke they make is something filthy and sexual. The Bible says that attracts demons. Demons are attracted by what you say. Come on, the Bible says, the Bible says, don't let filthiness nor foolish talking nor cause jesting, which are not fitting, but rather give thanks. In other words, Amen. when we sit in a circle in a bride, we're going to bride today. What do we do? We're not making filthy jokes. If you have nothing to say, what do we say? We praise and we thank God and we sing hymns and we glorify the Lord. We can't talk like this world. It's my million rand. <laughs> we, we can't talk like this world and think that God is happy with it. This is why demons cannot read your mind. Please hear me. Stop saying what the devil wrote. He read my mind and this is no, 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 no. He can't read your mind. Demons are observing you. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving our thanks. Is there one more? For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let me add on to that. A preacher of grace said that. That's a preacher of grace that preached this message. I see a lot of people looking at the ground, uh, the roof, pomp they throw. I'm going to give a few and then we're going to go on. Which one is that? Ephesians chapter 5. Now, I want you to read Psalm 101 verse 3. Now, I want you to hear me quickly before we're going to read that. The devil is attracted through your eyes. Okay, senses. He uses your senses. Look at me. Your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth. It goes on. It doesn't stop there. Your mind. By the way, before anything comes into the mind, it has been seen through the eyes. Now, I want to teach you. I'm going to read the scripture just now. Jesus said the following. He says, the eyes is like a lamp or a window to the body. If your eye is right, your whole body will be right. Now, you have to hear me. In other words, when you look through a window of a house, you can see whether the house is dirty, whether it's clean. Who understands what I'm saying? Because if you look through the window, you see everything. So Jesus says the same. He says the eyes is the window to your house. So you can see filthiness so how do I spot it? This is why, look at what the psalmist says. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. I shall not, it shall not cling to me. So David said, I will put nothing that is filthy in front of my eyes. Do you know that Job said the following? He said, I have a covenant with my eyes. A covenant with my eyes. So let me just say this as it is. Demons are retracted through what you are watching. Well, I'm going to preach to you right now. Demons are attached to you. Because of what you look at. You can say whatever you want to say. It's a proven fact. People watch horror movies on television. And think it will have no effect on their lives. Your eyes are a, are a window to your body. And you have to have a covenant with your eyes. 
Every single movie today that sells is a movie that sells sex. Come on, let's say it as, as it is. Every movie must have a sexual scene. Why? Because the world has become perverse. Perverse. Can I carry on? If you sleep with a man or a woman which is not your wife, you are opening up yourself to filth. Demons are... Let me, let me go in deeper. Let me go into deeper. Oh, I like this boyfriend. He also likes you for five minutes. And then, then he doesn't like you anymore. Stop giving marital rights to boyfriends. You better put a ring on it. Can I, can I go on? So you sleep with that one boyfriend. He slept with 10 other girls. You who are not sleeping with one man, you were sleeping with 10 of them. And do you know what happens? Every single demon, not of that man, but everybody else that he slept with. They said, how can you say they have a demon? Because if they haven't had a demon, they would have said, no, I'm not sleeping with you. I am in covenant with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now you're getting demons of every single one. And then your whole life gets haywired and you wonder what's happening. It's because you have opened up your temple to the devil. Come on, let's say it as it is. Your eyes should be in covenant with God. Why do you think Jesus said, even if you look upon a woman with lust in your heart, it is, or even if you look upon a woman, it's like you already committed adultery in your heart. I want to say something very hard right now. If you look upon a man or a woman with lust, you are an adulterer. Amen. The Bible says an adulterer will not go to heaven. Why is it so quiet in this place? You better jump to your feet, run around and say, I'm hearing the truth of the gospel. My eyes, my eyes are in covenant with God. People watch pornography. And they think it's nothing. Pornography opens up the pit of hell and fills you. Listen, let's just say as it is. When you, when you open up yourself to pornography, you know what happens? You don't care what age they are, who they are. This is why the world has become perverse. It's because of pornography. Our eyes were supposed to be in covenant with God. My eyes shall see the glory of the coming of the Lord. Not my eyes shall see the glory of the filth of this world. I know you might not like me after this message. And might, might not be popular. That's fine. I need to be effective. I need to help you get out of the clutches of hell. I want you to live a life where the devil has no authority over you. Husbands and wives, you do not need pornography in the room. You need God. Because what people don't know is there's a covenant. When you are intimate with your husband or your wife, there's a covenant, not just between the two of you, but with God. With God. Why do you think AIDS is running rampant? Because people broke the covenant with God. They think that they can sleep around like a sport. God is a holy God. That will bring judgment. Come on, help me out somebody in this place. Where is the fear of God? We need that fear of God back. The body of Christ, stop sleeping around. That's it. I get a holy anger. A holy anger. For the filth of this world. It sickens me. 
You know what we do? If my wife and I watch a, a, a comedy and a woman gets up and she walks in a, in a swimming gear, I get up. I walk out. Why? Blessed I sin? No. Listen, let me just say this to you about lust. Lust is a seed that's already in your heart. You don't watch. Listen, if, if he's a woman and he sits in his underwear right now and I'm attracted, it's not because of how he looks. It's because of lust that's already in me. I don't care how many women walk naked in this place. It's not going to affect me because lust has no power over me. I'm full of the truth of God's word. They say if the, if the woman in South Africa dress more appropriately, there'll be least rape cases. No, maybe if we cast out that lust spirit, there will be least. What about the 14-year-old and the 7-year-old that is being raped in our nation? Did they wear something provocatively? No, come on. It's because of sin. The outcome of sin is death. Hear me right now. It's death. It's death. Can I go on with the eyes? I've heard a lot of women look at a guy with a six pack. Woo! Woo! He's as ugly as a dog, but he's got a six pack. Woo! They tell, you tell your husband, why can't you look like him? Or set your diet yesterday morning. Got a six pack. Woo! Did you see these muscles? And his brain is this small. <laughs> Nothing wrong with looking at your own husband and say, Wow, wow, come to mama. The most beautiful. But when you say that about another man, idolatry. Or let me rephrase, adultery. Amen. Come on. It's very quiet. <laughs> Why can't you look like her? Sickening. You have to make your wife feel like the only woman among 7 billion people. Finishing cloud, that's it. Even if she doesn't believe you, that's fine. Make her believe that. Amen. 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 And if she gains weight, so what? You married her, right? Amen. Say, like, so like, I'm eat so like. My eyes are in covenant with God. I will not look upon the filth of this world. Because when you look at that, you open up. Your, and listen, let me tell you this. Demons got one, one thing for you, is to kill you. To kill you prematurely. To stop you from your blessing. They hate you. I said they hate you. And you know what? It's exactly the same with drugs. They say, just once, it's not going to do anything to you. And once, you are hooked. Same with pornography. Once, you are hooked. Let me say something terrible right now. And if there's any children, sorry, but I have to just say this. You know... It is a, a fact, what they did with stats, they've asked people around the world that's honest and say this. They say 75% people, when the in, intimate of their spouse, think about somebody else. And we think that God is happy with that? My goodness. 
This is why demons are everywhere. This is why, think about this. Everything is worse than it was 20 years ago. It is, the Bible says this clearly. It says, before the coming of the Son of Man, it shall be like the days of Noah. If you think about what I'm saying now, the Bible says that when Satan fell out of heaven, he fell to the third of his angels. Who remembered that? The first flood didn't come from Adam or from Noah. There was a flood before that where God destroyed the whole earth. You can read this in Genesis 1 verse 2 where, where darkness and the waters was covering the face of the deep. And so, so long story short, when, 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 um, when God created the earth again or recreated it and, uh, and, re- and they told Adam and Eve to replenish, you know that Noah comes from the lineage of Adam. Noah comes from the line of, lines of Adam. But Genesis chapter 6 says that Satan sent some of his angels. Now, angels and demons are not the same thing. I know a lot of people classify it as the same. It is not. It's not the same thing. Angels don't need a body to live in, but the demon needs a body. He needs a body to, to enter in. All right? An angel can, can transform himself into an image of a man. This is why the Bible says, don't forget to entertain strangers. By doing so, many of you have entertained angels. Am I listen- uh, and somebody listening to me so he says in genesis chapter 6 that satan sent his angels to sleep with women on the earth and the babies was giants it produced a giant race so why did they do that let me tell you why to stop the seed of adam because from the seed of adam jesus would come amen so what happened was when when god said i'm going to destroy the whole earth with water there was only one family and that family consisted out of eight people and so the Bible says it's God only found eight people all over the world. And think about the other thing. Think about the, the crazy side now. The reason why God had to wipe them out is, is obviously because of sin, because, but also because of the giant race, to kill that race. In other words, you know how many people slept around? We didn't get this one. They slept around, so it, the whole world's population was about a giant race. And God destroyed and he said, it shall be like the days of Noah before the coming of the Son of Man. He found a a family of eight to be righteous. Imagine how, this is why when Peter said, Lord, those who are saved, are they many? Jesus said, you have to push in. You're going to have to strive to get in. Because many would try but would not be able to. You see, it doesn't help us to live our own lives. We have to live his life in his righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the devil believed the word of God. Satan knows that God cannot lie. Yet his people doubt him. So why do you say that? Because God made a covenant with the earth. And with the animals, by the way. And he said, I will never ever destroy the earth through, through a flood again. And Satan sends a second group of angels to sleep with women. And, and where did I get that? Goliath. Because he knew God will not destroy the earth with with a flood again. He believed God's word. Come on. We better believe the word of God. So I want to quickly take this. It says, I have a covenant of my eyes. The Bible says that they are attracted through what we are looking at. Amen. We have to be holy for he is holy. If you look at something and God will not be happy with that, then you also walk. Do you know when it's wrong? When the presence of God is not there and you still sit and watch. Amen. So what if we look at, if I look at pornography, but not by myself, but with my spouse. 
is wrong. It's sin. It's last. I need a bath after this. Number two, ears. Your ears, demons are attracted to your ears, to what you listen to. Now, let me explain this. How many of you know that I've said that the angel was supposed to lead praise and worship in heaven? Now the devil is using music Amen. to influence demonic influence. Amen. And the whole youth is singing songs that they're going to die young. And it's a new one. Ums, ums, ums. We're going to die young. <laughs> Crazy. And they don't even know what they sing. Amen. So what you are doing is now... I'm going to get to the next one just now. But your mouth, so you're singing what you hear. And that attracts a demon. Oh, you want to die young? Okay. And Satan's one thing is to kill you young. Amen. So what you listen to, and uh, let me go a little bit deeper. It's not just filthy music. Do you know that there's certain, certain uh, uh, songs that they play to, to put you into a trance? Certain drums, certain sounds. You don't have to listen to that rubbish. Amen. If you listen to secular music more than gospel, you've got a problem. Amen. You've got a problem. Amen. Worship soothes your soul. Amen. I know, listen, there's no decade like the 80s. Going back west. <laughs> uh, I think that's the 90s. Okay, in any case. <clears throat> that's a decade by itself. It's a good decade. But don't let that play in your car more than songs of the Lord. I promise you, going back west, yes, I know I'll make that all right. Or country doesn't do to you what the gospel does. A country song is always about a man who lost his wife and his horse and the dog. And when you replay it, you rewind it. You hear his wife is coming back, his dog is back, the horse is back. Every, I can tell you every country song, it ends the same way. Tears. On a Sunday morning sidewalk. Bubbles. But there's something about worship. When you hear about the goodness of God. Hallelujah. When you hear about a song of his, holy, of his holiness, it brings you to a place. Listen, you, you cry either song. Either if you listen to country, you cry, but you cry for the wrong reason. Or the worship song moves you to tears, but it's another moving. Oh, hallelujah. It moves you to your creator. It moves you to the one who is higher than I. There's something about worship. You don't listen to the filth of this world. You don't sit among mockers. The Bible says, blessed are those who's not sitting with scoffers and mockers. You don't allow those kinds of people to speak to you. Hallelujah. What you allow yourself to listen to, you will become. Stop listening to the naysayers and the negative people. Start to open up your ears to the word of God. Hallelujah. Negative people will get you negative. And they will make you believe you can't achieve anything. I declare this under the authority of the Holy Spirit. You can achieve all things through Christ. There's nothing impossible for you. Nothing too hard for you. It doesn't matter what people think or what people say. 
I am what the word of God says I am. Shout yes if you believe that. I said shout yes if you believe that. Number three. He uses your nose what you smell. Imagine that. Your senses, your nose. Let me explain this to you. Certain group, groups that worship other gods will use incense. Viruk. Viruk. Niemand rook vandaag. So incense. They go into a small corner of the house and they will take a banana and they will put it there for their God. And after the hour they come back and the banana is still there. Oh, you're not hungry, sir. He's not hungry. And tomorrow they go back with, maybe he doesn't like bananas. They go back with grapes and incense and they come there. They, they, no, he's, he's on a fast. He's on a fast. All right. Sacrificing to a dead God. I was preaching with my wife in Mauritius. I promise you, every house that I've passed, they've got two or three gods that they pray to. If they pray to the one, he doesn't answer, they try the second one. If he doesn't answer, they try the third one. Maybe they need to try Jehovah. Maybe they try, need to try the great I am, the Yahweh, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords who never sleeps, nor slumbers, nor go on holiday. He's always awake. Maybe they must try him. I don't allow viruk in my house. <laughs> or incense. The only incense that's in my house is my worship. That becomes an incense, an aroma. A sweet smelling aroma in the presence of God. Come on, number four. My mouth. What I say. Demons are attracted to what you say. Let me explain something to you about sickness. A lot of people speak the sickness. And they wonder why they're sick. They put an emphasis on the sickness more than the emphasis is on Jesus Christ. Do we believe in healing or don't we? I said, do we believe that he's the Lord, our healer, or don't we? So what we say is very important because that is what attracts demons. Now, let me say something to you. It was not demons that said to Jesus that he's a devil. Demons didn't say Jesus is false. Yeah. When they saw Christ, what did they say? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. What did the Pharisees say? He's a devil. Okay, let's try that again. What did the Christians say? That's the devil. Oh, that's the devil. Demons won't even say what Christians are saying. Oh, he's false. Who made you God? Oh, he's false. Demons can't even say He's false. Do you know why? Because demons recognizes authority. They can't say, listen, let me tell you something. If I cast out a demon, I've never heard a demon say, that guy is false, never in my life. But what I've heard is, please, I beg you, don't use that name. Don't use that name. I heard a lot of times, I'm not coming out. And then I say, you're a liar. You know you're going to come out. We're not even going to talk about this. And then you get people, what's your name? <laughs> Susan. <laughs> Hello, Susan. <laughs> Would you please come out? No. Okay. Get the water, get the water. Maybe the water helps. 
And then when they can't cast it out, do you know what they say? All right, come see me. We need at least seven weeks. Seven weeks to speak with you and, you know, just get a little bit about your background. You know? And after seven weeks, they prescribe depression pills. By the way, those demons like those pills. Depression is a spirit. It's not a state of mind. It's a demonic power that tries to get influence and entrance into your life. You stop feeding that thing with a pull and you tell that thing in the name of Jesus Christ, you come out. Let me tell you something about authority. A lot of people, I've seen this, when it comes to demons, they are shouting so much, they spit in people's faces and they go crazy. And the devil shouts louder. Authority is nothing about how loud you can shout. Authority is being displayed by who you were the previous day. In other words, when I step in wherever the devil is, I don't need to shout. He sees me and says, oh goodness gracious. Oh goodness gracious. I need to get out. Why? Because they recognize authority. Let me just say something to you. Demons knows who's praying. I've seen a, a preacher try to cast out a demon. Do you know what the demon said? He started laughing. He said, I know you're not praying. I know you're powerless. You can't do anything. Because they observe us. Amen. This is why, why do you think they said, demon said, Paul we, we heard of, Jesus we know. Amen. But who are you? Amen. Because in the realm of the spirit, everything is open. Amen. Devils knows exactly who's praying. Amen. Exactly. Come on, am I, am I ministering to somebody? But what did Jesus say? You know, when I cast out demons, a lot of people tell me, you know, you have to t- take people in the back. Don't let people see this. Please. Public spectacle. The reason why they take people away is because they can't cast it out. I cast out a demon one day in a church. The pastor said, take her out, take her out. I said, you take her nowhere. Come out of that woman in Jesus' name. Now, I want to ask you a question. The Bible says Jesus casted out seven demons from Mary Magdalene. How did they know seven? Sometimes you can see them. Obviously, spirit of discernment, so you can discern the seven. But I want to tell you about a woman that I casted out demons out in Cape Town. I'll never forget as long as I live. As they came out of her, she was screaming and pointing. Look at them, look at them. She points towards them in the, in the sky. As they came out of her, she knew who had a hold on her. So there's one scripture, and there's only one reason why Jesus did this. When he met the man with legion, who remembered legion, the man with legion demons, he speaks about 2,000 plus demons on the inside of him. So in other words, you can't just have one demon. Sometimes you can have 2,000, 3,000, 6,000 demons. It depends on how much you open up to the devil. So when Jesus came to me, he said, who are you? Not so that we can entertain them. It's to prove his power and authority over them. Not for any reason. When I cast out a demon, I don't have to ask him, where do you come from? I know exactly where you come from. From the pit of hell. What's your name? I don't need that. I don't need that information. I don't need to know him. As long as he knows the power that I carry. Come on, this is why Jesus says, you cast them out. You don't play with them. You don't give them water or something to eat. You cast. Also, it's not going to work if you stand before that devil and say, Oh, it's a brief you felt. No, come on. It's not going to happen. You take authority. 
I said, you take authority over that devil. You say, you devil, you come out in Jesus' name. When the 70 said, Lord, they are subject to us in your name. This is why there's a name above every other name. You know, there's demons with different names. There's a reason why demons must have a name. <laughs> because there's a name higher than any other name. Everything with a name is subject to one name. Look at that board. Jesus. Every name is subject to that name, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, there's a, a part in Revelation where the Bible speaks about uh, um, in the tribulation. Thank God I'm not going to be here. The Lord will open up the bottomless pit. And the Bible says about locusts, and it will look like locusts and scorpions as, as the size of humans. But it's demons. All right? And, and they have knees. I like that part. Why do they have knees? Every knee shall bow. <laughs> Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me say this to you. You never have to tell a demon Jesus is Lord. He knows exactly he is Lord. I never have to tell the devil. Don't you know Jesus Christ is the Messiah? He knows exactly he's the Messiah. Ah, this is why I'm not fighting devils. The victory has been won. I try to help people. Because it's people that don't believe in the Lord. Not even demons are so stupid. Even demons know he's the son of the living God. They cried out, you are the Christ. While Christians were saying he's of, a, of the devil. This is why I promise you devils will never say what, what Christians are uttering. This is why your mouth must be in covenant with God. You have to speak the right things. Am I, am I speaking to somebody? This is why you never, the Bible says, with this mouth you can't speak blessings and cursings. This is why when you tell your child you're a stupid guy, you, you're stupid. You know what the devil says? Uh-huh, all right, he's stupid. And that's what the enemy puts on your child. Instead of declaring the word of God over your children, speaking the word of God. Even with husbands and wives, when you quarrel, you're not supposed to speak bad things over each other. Never do that. Never give the enemy right. So there's things that we have to change in order to, tell, to, to show the devil, you're not part of my life. When you sit around each other, don't have filthy jokes. The Bible says we ought not to do these things. We have to live a holy life. Say holy. Say holy. holy. So there's another one I want to quickly touch on. Are you enjoying this, by the way? Yes. Jesus said the following. He said, when, when, uh, when you cast out a demon spirit, the Bible says what the demon spirit does, he comes back to his house. And he comes to do what? To inspect. And he's, the scripture says, so when he sees that the house is swept clean and empty, what he does is he will go back and he will take seven worse demons. And they will come and dwell in that house again. This is why when demons are coming out, you better get filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of people, what they do is they serve the world, they have demons in them. Then they get to Jesus Christ, they get delivered. Alright, and what they do is, not long, and then they do this again. So what the Bible says, the end will be worse. You will be worse. Let me, are you here? Are you listening to me? Then they are worse. Why? Because they're not continuously filled with the Spirit. This is the, exactly what happens with fear. Fear drops in the mind. The enemy can't read your mind, but he listens to your words. You, you, can, you can ask my wife, when last I watch the news? I don't watch the news anymore. Because most of the news is fake news. And I'm listening to the good news. Oh, there's more people dying of this thing, more people dying. Ah, come on. 
Keep telling yourself that. Alright, I believe the word of God. Pastor, don't you believe in this virus? I don't believe in the virus. No, I don't believe in the virus. I believe in Jesus Christ. The virus is not my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Oh, this guy doesn't believe in the virus. No, quote me. I don't believe in the virus. I believe in the Son of the living God. That's what I believe. So what if we die? That tells me not a Christian. If I die, I be with Jesus. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Woo! Woo! We win. Yeah, I feel the fire of God on me right now. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost on me. So the devil drops that, that seed of fear. And what do we do? We sit and think, oh my goodness, what, what if I lose my job? And you sit and you ponder and you ponder instead of giving the devil no access. When that fear comes, you remind the devil, I have not been given the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, you better pack your bags and go. I believe the word of God. Shout hallelujah. One more time. And another one. Come on, give Jesus glory. We have to guard our eyes, our ears, our, our smiling senses, our nose, our minds. What you look at becomes sin in your mind. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus is good. There's another one I need to read quickly, scripture. I want to quote. God is good. Let me go to this James you know, I love it when the Holy Spirit is in control. James chapter 1. Quickly go there. If you have it on the board, that will be awesome. James chapter 1. And um, I want to read from verse 12. And then I'm going to go on to verse 16. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord had, has promised to those who love Him. I want you to stop there. Just see. I read a, a stunning thing. When I read the scripture, it came to my heart. You will be to the Lord. When, you stand, when I stand before Christ one day, I will be to Him what He has been to me while I was on the earth. You would be to the Lord what he has been to you while on the earth if you love him with every single thing he's gonna love you with every single thing if you say this is my rock and my salvation you know what he's gonna say this is the apple of my eye what he is to you he would be to him he says he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him there's a crown of life to those who love Jesus. When you love Jesus, the Bible says, those who sin is of the devil. That's not my word, sorry, that's the words of the Lord. He says, those who sin is of the devil. You, you, your, your seed is from Satan. But those who love God keeps his commandments. And he says that there's a crown that waits for them. Let's go on to the next one. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God does not tempt you. And please, when you sin, don't give the devil all the credit. 
It's exactly what Adam did when Eve ate of the apple. She gave it to him. He made a decision. And what did he say? It's this wife that you gave me, Lord. It's her fault. No, we have to take responsibility. We can't sit and say, oh, you know, the devil is a cunning old fellow. No. Take, take responsibility. All right, let's go on to the next one. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. My goodness, this is the deep one. Then when desire, please hear me. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. I want to read that one more time. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires. Then when desire, so when desire conceives, it brings sin. And then sin brings death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Today, you make the decision that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You give no right to the devil. I said no right to the devil. You might say, thank you, my friend. You might say, well, nobody's watching. That's a lie. That's a lie. God is watching. God knows. God knows what my dad said. He says, you can fool a lot of people. You can bluff a lot of people. You can't fool God. You can't bluff God. That's one thing we can't do. We can't bluff God. He said, why are you so hot the last couple of weeks? Because I love you. I want to see you saved. There's no time for lukewarm Christianity. No more time. I promise you, things are going to get worse. But not for us. Listen, not for us. Not for us. A lot of Christians will walk away and say, you're self-righteous. Well, you're a sinner. And we can't be sinners. We, we, we are either righteous or we are sinners. We can't have part of this world no more. And I, I, give, you, I give you my word. When, when your life is right, your marriage is right, your family is right, your money is right. Come on, hear me. You don't give right to the devil. Don't give the enemy any right. I want you to lift your hands with me quickly. Every eye closed. There's people under the sound of my voice that has been plagued by the devil. You've been attacked in your mind. Your mind has been attacking you. Your mind is your worst nightmare. Your worst enemy. Your mind has been lying to you. Satan has used your mind to rob you of a quality life. I say this under the authority of the Holy Spirit. There's, there's, there's married people sitting here and wondering, when will my wife do this? When will my husband do that? And you allow the devil to use your mind. Stop giving in to the lies of the devil. And so as Paul says, I have the mind of Christ. There's people, your mind are playing games with you and you fear about tomorrow. You worry what's going to happen with your future. You worry about your family. You can't do anything about it. You have to renew that mind. And so as Paul says, that I have the mind of Christ. This mind is not my own. It belongs to the Lord. There's people under the sound of my voice that the Lord is saying, you better make a covenant with your eyes. And say as David said, the psalmist said, I will not look upon any filth of this world. My ears is not for the gossip and the naysayers of this world. My mouth is not for me to be a busybody. That's not what my mouth has been given. 
This mouth will praise the Lord. As the word of God says, His praise shall be continuously on my lips. I will not sit in the seat of the scoffers. I will not have mockers as my friends. This life I now live, I'm going to live unto the glory of the Lord. Fear, I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Devil, you pack your bags right now. Come on, if you struggle with fear, you better tell that thing head on. No more, you filthy spirit. I have the spirit of God. Fear, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Depression, loosen them now in the name of Jesus. Oppression, be gone in Jesus' name. You familiar spirit of cancer, arthritis, pseudo-diabetes, I curse you in the name of Christ Jesus. Know that thyroid problem will not come on you. I rebuke it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now the devil observes you. Doesn't read your mind, he observes you. What, did you. what do you need to do right now? Come on, you need to stand to your feet and open your mouth and say, this is the day that things are changing around for me. Come on, you better tell that fear. Back your bags right now. You have no more authority in my life. Come on, you have to open up that mouth. This mind will produce what God has for me. I will no longer think the things of this world. No longer listen to the lies of the enemy. Come on now. Now, open those mouths. I want to hear you pray right now. You tell that fear no more. Depression gone in Jesus' name. Take authority that the Lord has given you. Make a covenant of your eyes right now. Make a covenant of your ears, of your mouth, of your nose, with your mind, of your heart. You can't live another day like you're living. You can't allow the devil one more day the access to your life. Come on, there's deliverance in this house. There's breakthrough in this house. Bondages are being broken in this house. Shackles are gone in Jesus' name. Now you have to deal with that fear. You have to deal with that fear. Deal with that depression. It's a spirit. It's not the spirit of God. Come on, break through now. No sickness will take you out. You will have a long life in the name of Jesus. You don't look at that symptoms. You look at the word of God.
Christ closed every hand lifted, hear me. The only reason why the why demonic forces are attacking is because somewhere along the line you've opened the door. Now you have to take that authority. Only you have the authority to close that door to open it up. Jesus says, I have given you the keys. And you have to make up your mind today. You can't live the same life tomorrow morning. You can't have the same thoughts. You have to change by the renewing of your mind. And only you have the authority to tell that devil, no more. I'm calling you out. This is over. There's people here, you better take back your life. You better take back your joy. You better take back your family. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your children. Fight for your peace. My God, I give you praise. I give you praise, Lord. I give you praise, Lord. Come on, every hand lifted. Lord, I release this anointing. Whoa, now in Jesus' name. Let this fire be loosed upon your people. Let it be loosed upon your people now, Lord. Set them on fire again in Jesus' name. Set them on fire again in Jesus' name. Let your glory fall in this place. Lord, release it now. Row by row, seat by seat. Let the fire of God change them in Jesus' name. I have a covenant of my eyes. I have a covenant of my ears. My mouth is in covenant. My nose is in covenant. My mind is in covenant. My heart is in covenant. I'm walking in the fear of the Lord. Here we go. That presence of the Lord is all over. Oh, it's all over. Your word sets people free. We declare them free now in Jesus' name.